Hello stars, you're welcome to the Stellify podcast, where we help you live intentionally, maximize capacity, and explore purpose. This is not your cliche self-help show. Here we preach what we practice, that you can leverage in your own life. Get ready to move from regular to stellar. I am your host, Bralade. The Stellification begins. Hello stars, welcome to today's episode and I am super excited to have someone who I would say may be just as bubbly as me as, as <laughs> that is to think of because I guess if you have both of us in a room you have both bouncing off the walls but she is <laughs> smart, super educated with an impressive resume and just making a difference for corporate women all around the world. So, drum roll. I want to introduce to you today, Glory Edozian. Glory, you're so welcome to Stellify. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Same here. We're excited to have you. And without further ado, we just want to hear a little bit about your background. How did you get to where you are today? Where, what are the educational um, experiences you've had all the way up to corporate? My first degree was in geography and regional planning education. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that in Nigeria, which is where I sort of um, had my formative years. So I grew up in Nigeria. And then I moved to um, the UK, I think in 2001 or 2002, I can't remember now, um, to start my master's. So I, had, I did my master's in information systems for environmental monitoring. So I wanted to get that backstory to the geography and regional planning. When I did my, so in Nigeria, mm-hmm. we have like um, um, junior secondary school and senior secondary school. I don't know what the equivalent is in other countries, but um, first three years of your secondary school, you do all types of subjects and then in your next three years you sort of specialize into art science and all of that my father is a medical doctor so um and he was very um involved in my education <laughs> so so when i He's was one of the nigerian um, tigers yes yes tiger, tiger daddies tiger, tiger daddies <laughs> so when i was entering ss1 my they put me in a in a science class in a pure mm. science class and my, um, the, I never forget this, never, ever, ever. The um, guardian's counselor said to me, Edozian, you should be in social science, but I know if I put you in a social science class, your father will come to my office tomorrow. So that was it. Off I went <laughs> to, um, to a science class. And I, I did science for three years, failing woefully. Uh, well, I, I was good in chemistry and biology, but I was terrible at math and physics. Physics, and so I kept, yeah. I kept straddling these two, straddling these two. And anyway, so when my jam came out, my first jam score, so jam is the exam you do to enter university in Nigeria. So I mm-hmm. guess that's the equivalent, like equivalent of SATs. Of SATs, and, SATs yeah. yeah. So um, I, I did the, the jam. The first time I did it, I got 188. So the cutoff <laughs> point is typically 200. So it's over 400. I know, what you, over 400. I know what you mean. So I got 188. And then... Everybody's like, ah, okay, let her do it again. But I did it again and I got 189. So you can just imagine that this is not, this is not, these are not the results, um, the father of, of a medical <laughs> doctor, doctor, renowned yeah. obstetrician <laughs> and gynecologist should be getting, who is meant to be taken over from her father's hospital and all of that. These are not the type of results that are welcomed at home. My dad at this point was just, and at this point I was thinking, okay, you know, I failed. They would just send me abroad. I'll go and join my cousins. And my dad was just like, who is going to send you abroad so you can go and fail more in, with pound sterling? You are even a joker. <laughs> so my dad was, so then I had an auntie that worked in Ministry of Education and my dad was just like, what university would take this girl? And so they found this university called Delta State University. And 
my dad took me there and I'll never forget going to, in, going to that school. So first of all, it was outside of Lagos, which is where I had grown up, which is like a major city. So mm-hmm. it's like living in the city and then all of a sudden they take you to this outback. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what, what, is, what is happening here? Where are the roads? Like, what's going on? And I remember we were driving into the university gate and the gate was, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like- <laughs> I know what you mean, I've been there. So you're just like, what is this? And then we got there and I was just seeing all these people. So you have to understand my, my mentality. I had gone to really good schools and everything. And I, would, I just got to this place where, you know, the people didn't, the, the, their accents didn't really sound like the accents I was used to. And they were not that. posh think, like you. They were not posh, <laughs> they were just not posh. I mean, there's no other way to say it, right? I, yes, I'm elitist. In this, in this gist here. And so my dad, my dad was like, okay, let's do the registration and everything. And my dad was actually the one doing my registration to tell you that he was a full tiger dad. Oh, wow. And when I got there, I was just behind. So obviously he didn't line up with anybody. They were abusing us. Uh-huh. She came with her father to register. One thing my father didn't even give him, couldn't be bothered. He walked straight into the place to register. Obviously they saw him, August sit down, everything. They now said, okay, they're about to register me. And they now said, oh, so they had given me admission to study biochemistry. Mm-hmm. And I got there and I had a P in mathematics, which is a pass. And they said, even that university, even this Outback University refused <laughs> to take me. <laughs> they refused to take me because life I didn't lessons. have, I'm mm-hmm. telling you, because I didn't have math. And my dad looked at the woman and said, madam, I'm not going home with this girl. I'm not going home. What course can we give her to do? And that is how this course called Geography and Regional Planning Education was discovered. I mm. never knew it was possible to study geography, talk less of studying how to teach it. I was not aware. In fact, in geography class in secondary school, I used to sit at the back and I used to fall asleep because it was uh, the last um, period. <laughs> so I, I had this system where you sleep with your head on the, on the desk and then hold your pen upright. So it looked like you were taking notes, but meanwhile, you were in La La Land. I told you guys, Glory, Glory brought her personality with her. <laughs> I mean, I just, so yeah, so they now so took you, me to study geography education, basically. Mm-hmm. And then... You made it all the way from there, though, to yes. master's and PhD. Yes, yes, because I so found when myself... when did you fall in love with it? I found myself, so I, something happened, something really strange happened, believe it or not. They, were, they said exams were coming up. And because I was in a school where the social life was not like Lagos, I had mm. nothing to do but read. So like a month mm. before the exams, I started to study, believe it. And then I did the exam and I went to check my results. And I had A's and B's. Oh, wow. And I was like, I was like oh. Is this so there's it? something to be said for actually going to school away. Like going yes. away to go to school. I really, because I'm a Christian, right? So a lot of the things mm-hmm. that I say really is based on my religion. But I really feel like yeah. God also wanted to separate me. So wanted me to just find myself. So I think mm. that that was, and yeah, and I secluded me from noise and distraction. And so I learned how to apply myself. I learned the thing that if I just sat down and applied myself, but also there was, there's a proficiency part, right, to this story. Mm. I'm not proficient in physics and math. Even to this day, I was, the other day I was trying to count the amount of ice cubes that were going into my drink and I, <laughs> I stumbled. So, so math is, is just, so I'm not proficient in those things, but there are some things that I am excellent at doing. And mm-hmm. this is one of the things that, this is a lesson also in visibility. Yeah. You don't waste your time with, with weaknesses. You yeah. know? So I surround myself with Honing your people. strength. I agree. Yes, exactly. Who hedge my weaknesses and I focus on my strengths. And it's so important because I realize that a lot of women, we are so focused on the things we don't do well. We ignore the things that come easily to mm-hmm. us. And mm-hmm. so I think that, oh, wow. that in itself, that in itself was a lesson for me in 
want understanding what I was proficient in. So clearly I was very, which is why I was sleeping in geography and I still got an A in geography at the end of the day, right? Because mm. I was, I mean, I was so, the thing, it was just easy for me to do, really easy. And so I, I, scored, I came up with a, a two one. Um, I don't know what wow. the equivalent is that. Is, yeah, that, yeah. But That's like this person magna got, cum laude or something. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then I went, I did a master's and I, I got a PhD. And this is somebody who, you know, failed jump, failed SATs equivalent, right? Twice, right? So, yeah. So there's a lesson there in proficiency, understanding yourself, seclusion, mm-hmm. um, and ap- application, learning how to, because I, I think I had believed that because I wasn't doing well. I was surrounded by people who were proficient in things I wasn't proficient in and I wasn't doing well in it. I had believed I was silly, that I was mm. dumb, that it was nothing good in me. So I didn't, I didn't see the value in trying because I had yeah. tried and I couldn't understand it. I just could not, you know? Yeah, it's so, amazing what happens to you when you start to succeed because, mm. you know, they did this strengths finder thing. If you've ever seen the Clifton strengths and they tested people who were really good. So people who had strengths and then people who had weakness in the area they trained mm. both of them the same way. So they did a benchmark test and then they trained both of them. And the people who did, who had a weakness, they grew maybe by about 20%. And mm. those who had a strength already, after more training, they became like, um, like 500% even better. Yeah, they exploded. Because it's they their exploded. aerial strength, yeah. Yep. So yep. <laughs> it's good that you said that. So what happened? There's, there's another detour in this story, all the way from your PhD to what you do now. Can you take us on oh, that little journey? Okay. All right, fantastic. So <laughs> You're the queen of PhD, detours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so when I did my PhD, I, I, so I went straight from my first degree to my master's to my PhD without six months break in between. Right. So um, I was in higher education for nine years. So it meant that a lot of people that did first degree with me were already working and had some established careers and were earning good money. When I, <laughs> so when I was in my PhD and I was graduating, I was broke. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm broke. Like I was broke as a, and the only thing that mattered to me at that point was money. Like everyone was like, congratulations, you got this PhD. Like I literally finished the PhD and I was just like, where is the job? Like, I mean, people were saying, oh, you should go into academia. And I had checked it. These academics are not earning money. I need to earn money. And I can only earn money in the private sector. So I was just mm-hmm. looking for money. That's what I was, I cared about. So then finally, I moved back to Nigeria. I got, I did my NYSC, which is a mandatory year of service that you have mm-hmm. to do here in Nigeria. And I got this job. And I will never forget the day I got my employment letter. I cried because the money was crazy, right? Mm. And I, I just felt like, finally, I've hit it. Finally, this money has come to me. And so I was earning good cash. And I, again, I was living in a house rent-free. So I was just... Your like, field, had, though? So that first, yes, that first job yeah. you got? Okay, yes, good. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I had multiple roles. So like I had mm-hmm. working in the UK. But this is when I moved back to Nigeria. And I got mm-hmm. a really good job. And the roles I had in the UK were really good. Uh, I was earning mm-hmm. good money. But in Nigeria, I was earning amazing money. Mm. And then <laughs> something happened. I didn't feel fulfilled. Mm. So I think God just let me earn this money mm. and enjoy myself. And I was traveling. and I was buying So that you could else. see that there was nothing on the other side. Ah, God. Mm. And I was just enjoying it. And then one day I started feeling, I was just like, is this it? Like I literally said to myself, is this it? So I'm just going to make money, get married, have kids, years. and then die. <laughs> like, what is this? Right? And so I thought, okay, you know what? There are women out there that are probably doing amazing things. Let me start to follow them. 
and you know network mm-hmm. with them and do interviews with them and let me see how they're living this life what are the interesting things they're doing you know mm-hmm. and so i started a series called the inspire series and i started mm-hmm. so before in all of this i had found oh god there are so many details in all of this i had a really i'd had oh god okay let me let me just take a few steps back <laughs> Before, while I was doing my PhD, while I was doing my master's, I was diagnosed mm-hmm. with psoriasis. Oh, wow. So psoriasis is a skin condition. I know where... what it is. I know okay. what it is. One of my greatest okay. friends had it. And I know how the, the toll it takes on you, both physically exactly. and mentally. Mentally. And exactly. So at one point in my life, 80% of my skin was covered in scabs. Mm. So I, I, went, I went through a, a significant... Um, significant issues where and then I was seeing somebody and the person broke up with me and then mm. in the space of three months he was engaged to be married to somebody else oh and then at that point I was having problems with my research I was broke all of that this is now doing my PhD and everything yeah. and so one day I decided I was going to kill myself and so I walked wow. to I woke up midnight and I walked to the middle of the road, the expressway, which is about 20 minutes from my house, 15, 20 minutes from my house, depending on how fast you're walking. And I decided I was going to jump onto the next oncoming vehicle I saw. I decided I was going to jump in front of it and just let the car hit me clean and let's end this matter. And the cars were coming, you know, it's midnight. So the cars that are coming are coming really, really, really super fast. Mm -hmm. And so I was, the one car was approaching and I just, a thought came to my head. So at this point, all the while I'm on the road and I'm screaming. I'm screaming, I'm screaming at God. I'm crying. Why me? What did I do? What is all this? Only me, all these problems. And the car was coming and a thought entered my head. I was like, okay, this is it. I'm about to jump. And this thought came to my head like, what if you don't die? So does that mean mm. that? No, no. First one was, what if you die? Hell, hellfire, right? Because mm-hmm. you killed yourself. As Second, what if you don't yeah. die? Yeah. And then what if you now die? So you mean that so what if you don't die you are now maimed so all these problems you have you now be maimed as well like this is probably not the best solution for your problems glory so i decided okay so i just stayed on that road i was screaming 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 and crying and then i saw the cops coming and i figured this is perfect so the cops are going to come and they're going to ask me um who are you like and i would just say i don't know who i am i'm going to feign madness like i'm mm-hmm. going to feign craze craziness yeah. right like i don't know who i am and everything and like i'm not with it so that they would take me to the hospital and at least for like three days before they found my university found who i was mm. i'd be like a jane doe because the issue here was i didn't want to be glory like glory had too many problems she had too many issues oh, wow. so i just that didn't want so to be glory so i thought mm. for like a few days i could just not be her i won't believe what happened these, these people just passed me by <laughs> like these these cops, like, they just didn't drop past me. I'm, I'm not joking. Like, they didn't even stop. I just like, like a girl in the middle break. of the road, uh, like, in the middle of the night. Do you understand? <laughs> like, like, I can't even catch a break. I can't even get the cops <laughs> to get to know me. Like, this. like, what is going on? Anyway, so I went back to my room and everything. And then, like, a couple of days later, I had a meeting with my supervisor. And I, I turned up and he looked at me and he said, you look like someone who doesn't have a soul. You oh need help. God. And so that's how I started seeing a psychologist. That is so and insightful, though. I'm telling you. I'm that telling people you. So can, tell people you. can notice and see things yes. because many of us, we know that someone doesn't look right, but we just mm-hmm. don't say anything. And so that was how I started seeing the university psychologist. Mm-hmm. And she, I remember, I forget my first meeting with her. 
this is the, this is the thing. Uh, she told me a few things I remember, but this this thing I remember the most mm-hmm. and it has stayed with me forever. I was t- uh, so at my first, I emptied out her box of tissues. I was crying, you know, that sniveling cry, <laughs> know, the tears mixed with the nose. The you can't stop. It's just like yeah. every tear brings out Everything, two more tears, you know? and and it's like yeah. I'm crying from my stomach, right, from the pits mm. of who I am. That's what I was crying from. And I said to her, I don't understand why I'm in so much pain. Wow. It's like I'm in pain, like I'm in physical pain, like my body is hurting. And she said, you are mourning. And I was like, mourning? Mm. I was like, I didn't understand. I was like, mourning? And she's like, yeah, you're mourning the person you thought you were going to become. Mm. And you know that mm. sentence, it set me free. I didn't know who Glory was. I hadn't discovered myself, all of that. So that was my journey to self-discovery. So wow. fast forward now to when I had this job and I felt empty. So it's this whole thing of now I'm now this person who is super conscious of who she is and what she wants from life and also has the courage to, to go, over the, go for the things that are non-conventional and not what people expect from her, but really what she wants. So I've now built my intuition, right? To actually listen to my spirit man and who I am. Mm. So when this thought started coming to me, sorry, you're going to say something? No, no, no. I'm just, you know, it just took me to what you had written about self-love. You know, because sometimes mm-hmm. some people see that, but they don't realize the place that it comes from. It comes from a place of making you priority because you know what mm-hmm. happens when you don't mm-hmm. do that. Yes. But many so times people think it's just a superficial thing like, oh, no. self-love means taking selfies and, you know, mm-hmm. going on vacations and being selfish. But so no. can you tie self-love to what was born out of this experience for you? So I, I learned, so I think self-love comes first of all with the identification of self you know, accept who you are, accept who you find. So this idea of, you know, there's so much pressure right now to be things, to do this. And, you know, so I, I'm in that place where I just accept, you know, the things I can change mm. and then the things I can't change, I, the things I can change, I work on them, the things I can't change, I accept it. So my psoriasis, there are things I can do, but unfortunately there's no cure. So what can I do? I focus on those things as opposed to constantly killing myself because I have psoriasis, mm-hmm. because I don't look a certain way, you know, because, and then, you know, I'm not the conventional stick thing woman. I'm a plus size, very curvy woman. And just acceptance around that. And, you know, really at the mm-hmm. place I am now in my life, I really don't feel like exercising every day. Like the best <laughs> thing I can do, like I really, like let's, I tried it, I tried it, but the place I'm now in my life, it's, it's not just there. There was a time Please where I, was, I, I now made it like a series and I was interviewing women. And actually, well, I just thought, oh, mm. this thing, I don't want it to just be interviews. I want to invite women. Like other women need to hear this. If I'm finding this interesting, if I'm finding this life-changing, then other women. So I started using my hard and cash to throw events for women, free oh, events. Wow. I, rent out a, <clears throat> I rent out a hall, buy small chops call speakers to come and teach and everything Amazing. and the first one we had like 60 women i think the next one we had like 100 the next one we had like 220 women this is in 2014 2015 my word and i just said to myself like ah, look i'm leaving my job i'm leaving my job man this is what i want to do with my life you know as so i said i was going to leave my job and i never done business in my life <laughs> <laughs> Those of us whose parents have never nothing. (laughs) Oh, I think I'm just crazy when I think about some things I did. I just like I'm leaving my job, one thing, one thing, one thing. So I now after like a couple of years, I you know I didn't have a business plan. I didn't know what I was going to do. I just thought I would just be doing events and I would start charging for the events. Mm -hmm. And then I learned a valuable lesson (laughs) that people don't pay for inspiration. I'll have 200 people, all of that and everything. Will be telling me. Oh, so let me, if I, let me, so I had this, I decided I was going to become a self-love coach. And so I had this event. I only wanted 10 people. I was going to charge 10,000 there, which is the equivalent of like $20 or something now. And mm-hmm. 
maybe back then it was the equivalent of ten dollars because our naira is been fluctuating. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, I was going to do this. I wasn't going to make much money for it, but I thought, okay, my first event paid that people are going to come just to hear me talk about self-love. I did the slides, everything. And I put out this ad where I wrote about my self-love story and everything. And people were sharing the ad. The ad people were like, oh my God, glory story is amazing on Instagram. You know, the feedback was wonderful. Mm-hmm. A day to the event, I had half a sign up. Why did I say half a sign up? Because the person that signed up was actually a volunteer. So she only paid half price. <laughs> No sign-ups. Do you, do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> no sign-up. I was like, I don't understand. I couldn't understand it. So I was like, God, the shame, the shame, the shame. I had to return this girl's 5,000 naira back to her. And then the next day, there was this rain in Lagos that rocked the whole of Lagos. Like, everywhere was flooded. Mm. So the events would not have even been able to hold. So I, I remember asking God, like, why did you allow me to go to the shame? So that was now my journey into niching down. And understanding value. So you see, this this when I talk about visibility, there's nothing I, I share about visibility that I have not experienced. So mm. all these all these stories. So the first lesson was identifying self, being able to listen to myself, understanding my strengths, right? Mm-hmm. So that those are the first stories I pulled out. Now, this other area now is understanding value, right? So I had understood my strengths. So your strengths, so I tell people that visibility is the art of letting people know what you are capable of and your mm. impact as a professional, right? <laughs> Visibility is what? Is the, the art of letting people know what you are mm. capable of and your impact as a professional. Wow. So capability plus impact equals value. So mm. you can be capable, but if you don't understand how your capability leads to impact for the people that you serve, they will never yeah. see value and they will not pay for it. So people pay... So pay that's money like in exchange for value. Part of it, the capability yes, part. Exactly. Mm. So I, I know, okay, so I'm capable. I, I, you know, I understand what visibility is. I understand how to build relationships. I understand all those things, being strategic and all of that. But what is the impact for people? So all of this now was my now my journey into identifying impact. And so first of all, okay, so I saw the self-love thing. A lot of women do not admit that they don't love themselves or do not admit that they lack confidence. So it's a really, especially for African Mm -hmm. women, it's a real struggle to be a self-love coach. Maybe now people are a bit more aware, but certainly not to the extent that they should be. Um, So we had that. And then I said, okay, networking. Let me teach people how to build strategic relationships. Because remember, this is something I had done in my my nine to five. You know, I use relationships to build Mm -hmm. business and all of that and everything. So now I'm now teaching people how to do that. And then... From networking, I now started seeing the need for visibility. Like people were like, mm. okay, why, why, why are we networking? It's not just about building relationships. It's about getting seen by the people that want to, that can help me achieve my career goals, right? So there's this bigger thing of visibility. And so I now started doing courses around strategic visibility. So this is the mastery mm. part, right? So identification of strength, but understanding, okay, how does this strength, the impact? So I can tell people now, that you know i help women become visible so they can build thought leadership and get recognized for the great work they do i can say that because i know that this my capability this is the impact of my capability mm-hmm. and that therefore this is my value to you when you come to me i can help you build thought leadership in your in your sector i can help you become a sort of expert because i've gone through all those very various layers of transition myself into understanding, okay, how do you niche down into a specific area? So a lot of people will come to me and say, what do you want to be known for? And they're, they're looking at me and they're like, you know, I'm, I'm a HR expert. Yeah, but what do you want to be known for in HR? Because I'm a career coach, but there are some certain things I don't want to be known for. 
And so even understanding, so I help you, okay, what are your strengths? What are your core skills? What are the, what is the impact for your, uh, for your organization? How yeah. do you articulate this impact? Exactly. So all of these things are things that I have learned how to do. So there's nothing, um, there's nothing that I teach people that I haven't gone through myself. Um, okay. So the reason why I shared that whole psoriasis story was that for eight to 10 years, I didn't wear skirts. So I know what it feels like to be invisible. I know what it feels like to stand in a room with people and feel like wow. you're not being seen, right? And um, like I said, psoriasis has no cure. And so I still suffer from psoriasis still today, but I, I, I'm under medication and everything that helps me to, to wade through that curve. Mm-hmm. But so, w- which is why teaching women to be visible is it's personally important to me mm. because this is somebody that suffered from lack of self-confidence. Imagine that the glory I wanted to kill that day is the same glory that is here. So hid, this is what I tell you. Empowering so hidden, many. Do you understand? Hidden in you are the treasures of the world. Ooh. But until you do the work wow. to mine that treasure, extract it and make it sellable, you will never know. So the, there is no difference between the glory of that day and the glory of now, apart from awareness. Mm-hmm. Awareness and learning how to communicate that skill. There is there's actually mastery. the same glory and mastery. Yeah. There, is no, there is no difference. It is the same skills I had then that I, had, I have now. The only difference is mm. that I've learned how to, I learned how to mine the skill. I learned how to make it presentable. I learned how to you know, do all of these things to it. Yeah. So th- that's why visibility mm. for women is so important to me. It's, it's, it's like a personal, it's, a, it's my, it's my yeah. purpose. Yeah. <laughs> so where, where do you find that women are lacking this? Because when we, from elementary school all the way to secondary university, we work really hard, right? We're mm. going for that award. We're going for that degree. We're going for that certificate. We mm. present, when it's time for us to present our projects, we're on it. Where does this shift happen that by the time we get into the workplace with all of the degrees and the same energy that the people saw before they hired us, what is it that happens that we suddenly start hiding or we just, we don't think that the work needs to continue beyond the degree? So I think there are a few things and there are a few levels of it. So the first one is, one, the first one is, um, there's a lot of noise. So it's like mm. saying, you know, th- that girl that is, that is five, that says, mommy, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, telling people to look at me is bad. You know? Mm. <laughs> so there's a lot of noise from society that tells us what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable and a lot of cultural norms and everything that make us now extra self-conscious. So that's one part. And then we start to lose our essence because the things that we want to do and everything we start to feel that we will be judged for doing them because society has told us what we can and cannot be so that's on one hand but fundamentally mm-hmm. i think that the games for the the rules for engagement in school and in the real world are very different and so women we've learned how to be good you know they've told you that if you want to succeed the subtle nuance of what they told you in school is good girls are the ones that succeed yeah yeah and by good is the one that you sit you read at the right time you sit in front of the class you raise up your hand you know you look decent you do this blah, blah, blah. and then you come to the real world and you see that men this good no i i get you 100 percent. You, you get what i'm saying so mm-hmm. the rules of engagement change and you see it in research so there's um, somebody, there's this research published by, I can't remember her name now, 
um, but it's called basically the sponsorship effect. I think it was published in Harvard Business Review. Oh, and yeah. it just really talks about um, really the, you know, women not understanding the, the social nuances and the need to build, be visible and build required relationships for success. And that how we think that working. You are absolutely alone, right. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, they tell you, put your head yeah. down, work hard, you know, don't speak about it. Someone will notice. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but then you see, and then the, the thing about it is, you know, I've been in meetings before when I've seen people talk and I'm like, I was even doing this one. Is it only you that is here talking? What is it? What do you even know? And then you, the next day you see your manager asking that person for information. What is your role? And, and they like, presented themselves. Yes. Even with their little knowledge, they presented. But where yeah. they're saying, why would that person talk? What do they know? Exactly. What do they know? The person <laughs> is there talking. You, you are there judging. Do you understand? And then, you know, stay with your another, judgment. <laughs> exactly. And then another research, one of my favorite visibility research as well, published in Harvard Business Review, was, is this thing about. So they, they took some, um, they went to Silicon Valley and they interviewed some leaders in Silicon Valley and asked them what they thought was the most important factor for their, their career advancement and visibility emerged more than technical competency or leadership ability. Just imagine that. But wow. fundamentally, when they looked at what was visibility, it was this complex interplay between perception of skill, access to stretch assignments, and being known and liked. So wow. what I want to touch on here is the idea of perception. Because a lot of times, perception is reality. Mm. Right, perception is reality. So if you are especially to then, people who don't even have the front row exactly. of your life, exactly, exactly. So if you exactly. never say it, they don't know. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. so another another research again shows that a lot of times women's performances at work are underrated because senior management don't know them and have an inaccurate right. view of their career aspiration. So it comes. It shows that visibility is completely linked to your promisability right and if you even just look at it mm. let's even just look at it on a normal day right you go into a hall and the hall is amazingly arranged mm -hmm. you know the flowers so you go for this event flowers are beautiful blah 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 blah. but you don't know who did it mm. two years later you're about to get married the likelihood that is that wedding of two years that will who comes to your mind. It's the person who is top of mind, who has, you've constantly been seeing her pictures, you know she did the work and all of that, that is going to come to your mind first. Mm. It's, just, it's just the way life is. So it's the same thing with work. You know, I can't count how many times I've gotten offers on LinkedIn just because somebody saw my content. Mm. Like, ah, this girl, this girl. Okay. In fact, it got to a point where I was sick a couple of months ago and I didn't post anything for about two weeks. I saw that and everyone's like, and where did you go? Where did you go? <laughs> Do you understand? So yeah. this idea that a lot of times, we, and I say this here, not because Guridozen is anything specifically special about mm -hmm. my content, but it, it, well, there is something special. It, there is, there is. is. But, but <laughs> what, I, what I'm saying is that anybody can be special with their content mm -hmm. when you do it the, the right way. So a lot of yeah. times women are always afraid about, you know, who am I to say? Mm. Or no, you, will anybody you, listen to me? Yeah. You know? You definitely yeah. raise um, some good points because, I mean, I started out with the intent to serve. So everywhere that I go, yeah. I'm like, well, what can we do better? How can we do better? How can we share this knowledge? So, uh -huh. so long as at the end of the day, you know, the only way you can be visible is if you are doing something to help. So if, if you can tie it back to, 
your value. So mm -hmm. the question I'm leading into now is, I know some people who lead to their own corporations or who are in executive level positions, but basically I'm the only one who knows. And I think mm. they're phenomenal mm -hmm. women. So I'm the only mm -hmm. one who knows and their immediate, you know, um, either report structure or their company. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I think they're phenomenal. Go get mm -hmm. women. But I'm mm -hmm. like, they, there's um, a sphere of influence that's wider than your industry. There's some yep. collaborations you can be doing. So what advice would you give to women like that who say, okay, my hard work has paid off. I'm now the managing director or the COO. What, what tips do you have for them and what will they gain from visibility? So I think for women that are like that, the, the next level is thought leadership, right? Um, so you mm. might be an MD where you're not, you're not necessarily a thought leader. You know, they are, you are, and uh, you know, how do I put it? So when, when you start off, you know, your goal is to become an MD, but when you become an MD, there are bigger goals in front of you. So you yeah. want to become a non-executive director. You know, you want to do so many things. You want Board to start giving member. back. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, so, um, and how do you access these things? It's by people knowing about the great work that you have done. So I'll give you an example. I'm, I, I'm coaching two women who are sort of, I would say, I would like to say at the end of their formal careers mm -hmm. or coming towards the end of their formal careers. And you know, the biggest thing I hear from women at that point is regrets. Yeah. They were so busy working. Yes. It's, it's regret. In fact, one of she, I keep telling her that every time a woman wakes up, it's her money. And she's like, no, all true. of this is inspiration. She's like, it's inspiration. <laughs> I feel bad. You know, you know, I, and, but she says, she's, you know, it's regrets. You know, and I remember I was at a conference, the, I was speaking somewhere the other day to a group of women and somebody said, you know, what if I'm a shop cleaner and I'm just happy to be a shop cleaner? I'm like, fine. You know, I'm not here to tell you that, oh, you must be ambitious. Mm. I'm not here to tell you that. But if you can just sit down and project yourself 20, 30 years from now, mm. God willing, and say to what yourself kind of at impact? that point in your life, mm -hmm. not even what kind of impact, are you going to be happy with this shop cleaner role that you did? Are you just going to be happy that you just remain there? Because for me, what motivates me is that I want to be 80 and I'm telling my grandkids about the things that I did. Like, man, mm. forget that grandma is here. I was, I used to do this. I was a rocker. I changed this. I did this for women. I want to be able to say that. I want yeah. to be able to look back on my life and know that I used it for something. So if, if you, so I'm not, and it's not fear. It's not, it's not, I don't, I'm not, no, I'm not trying to make yeah. anybody afraid. It's intentional. It's just your own yeah. life's work. Yeah, yeah. It's your own life's work and your own life's purpose. So for women who have, you know, gotten to like the top of, you know, the, their careers or where they are now, I would say it, maybe it's, it's time to bring other women with you. There are a lot of so many women who are hungry Hung, I, I was this morning i had a call with a young lady who's a research assistant who wants to write articles about gas and energy poverty in nigeria wow. i mean this girl she's not she i don't think she's up 25 you know who are the people talking to her who are the people helping her who are the people do you understand we are mm. the women you know so i and i think that and the other day i was even doing some research with one of my clients and we're looking at CFOs and I was just like, where are they, where are they all where men? Are they? <laughs> where are they all men? Yeah. Where are the female CFOs? So, yeah. so this idea, we want to break the glass, glass ceiling, all of those things. Visibility is, is related to yeah. visibility. So mm -hmm. that's what I would say. Wow, this has been super exciting talking with you. Like I'm taking notes. Even when we finish, Amazing. I'm going to go back and go, 
you know, listen for myself as well. I have an episode called Brag, How to Brag, Tips for Articulating Yourself. Oh, I love uh, that. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I saw you had Brag Script. There's this wonderful book by Peggy Klaus. Um, Yes, Peggy Klaus. Oh, you know the book? Yes. I love it. I love love it. it. It, It's phenomenal. Go read it just to educate yourself that, first of all, it's a mindset thing before anything else. I mean, it's still Mm -hmm. hard for me. most of the time when I post on LinkedIn or something, it's my genuine heart. But I know that, you know what, brother, there, you still can't be more intentional than this. But I'm like, no, I don't want to be fake or inauthentic about it. But I do the work, so I, I might as well talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So, Glory, <laughs> leading to the end, let me ask you, though, um, what, what's up next for Glory? What is next in the Inspired by Glory um, <clears throat> field? Oh, dear. What is next for Glory? So two things. The first is, so I'm looking for really how to deepen my work with career women and helping them to become thought leaders. Mm-hmm. At the, so I have a LinkedIn visibility system that I, I teach women. But what I want to go now into is into content strategy. So helping mm-hmm. career women to create different types of content to build their thought leadership. That mm-hmm. is one. The second thing that I'm doing is I have another um, platform called 9to5Chick. So it's a career mm-hmm. development platform for women. And nice. so we are launching our web app which is it's kind of like a LinkedIn for women but instead of connecting based on sector you can connect based on lifestyle experiences and lifestyle needs and likes right so connect yeah so so yeah so hopefully that will be launched by next month so those are the two things that are sort of within this year um going forward what's next for glory so I I really hope I want to be able to lecture on sort of world stages about visibility for women i want to be known mm-hmm. as a top career coach in africa i want to speak at the united nations general assembly published in harvard business review i want to write my book um yeah so those are those are some of the next two years <laughs> so yeah so those are like my my two-year goals i love that i love everything and i love Thank especially you. that you said it because yes. many people have great dreams in their hearts and goals, but don't tell, don't tell, don't tell. Because ah, I don't know what they think to. is waiting outside of them, but you have. And I think no, <clears throat> I would be remiss sorry. if I didn't ask you about the role of mentors and coaches. Because I think one of the ways yeah. that I mm. found you, either through Tara or Ekene, one of them. Oh, nice. And I just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to hear what role has having those women as mentors or role models or coaches, what, what role has that played in your life? Okay, so I'll answer that. But before, before I answer that, if I may, so uh-huh. you said something about me talking about my goals. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, maybe somebody that works in Harvard Business Review is going to yeah. watch your, mm-hmm. listen to your podcast. And they were like, this girl, oh, I can give her the opportunity. I talk about my goals everywhere. Everywhere mm. I talk about my goals because I don't know who is there that can help me. I talk about my goals everywhere. I'm not, and it's not a case of boasting or bragging or asking for help. Yeah. I, the reason I can talk about my goals without feeling any type of ways that I know I bring value. I've done the work to understand my capability, my impact, and the value I bring. So if somebody says to me now, okay, we give you an opportunity to write for Harvard Business Review, what do you write? I know my answer. Wow. <laughs> I know my answer. Do you understand? What would you speak about uniting? I know my answer. Do you understand? So, yeah, so I advise every woman to learn how to talk about her goals publicly because you mm. never know. The biggest break I got in my career when I was working in 95, it was because I spoke about my goals publicly. And when the opportunity came, an email entered my box to become a consultant on a Nigerian policy document. 
And how did that come about? I spoke about my goals, but to the right people. So that's that. Now, the role of coaches and mentors can never be overemphasized. Coaches, mentors, and sponsors. So I find that, and research also says that women are over-mentored and under-sponsored. So um, a mentor is somebody who will give you advice. A sponsor is someone who will advocate for you in rooms you cannot enter. So I, I always advise people to have coaches, mentors, and sponsors. So I'll speak about the two people you mentioned now. I went to a Kenya at a time in my life where I did not know how to monetize what I was doing. So I was really struggling with understanding frameworks for monetization, right? I was really stressed, really in my head. So working with her helped me because, you know, coaching is not telling you what to do per se. It is really about bringing out what is inside of you, Love right? So, so she, uh, can I help me to structure my thoughts, right? And help me to kind of like a mind map exercise. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very helpful. Tara was, you know, when I mentioned um, the people that um, I was interviewed, interviewed, she's actually part of the people I interviewed. And um, watching Tara's life really has been very, Tara is somebody that, Tara has a different perspective to things. Hmm. So sometimes when I'm angry about something, when I tell her, maybe Tara will give me an explanation from it from the person's perspective. (laughs) I would just, I wouldn't feel foolish for being angry. You know, so this is the, the, the power. So for of, those of you who don't know, I'm going to put the details of these two awesome women in the show okay. notes. But Tara yeah. is one of our icons in Nigeria. She yes. um, runs a huge makeup conglomerate, our version of MAC here, yes. or L'Oreal. And then a yes. Kene, refresh with a Kene. She's a master coach. She's an executive yes. coach. You can find her at refresh with a Kene. But go ahead, please. <laughs> so there are many things that in life that you... So I'm, I'm the kind of person, I, I believe that people help people, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot... This race that we are trying to do, these things we are trying to achieve are really big and you cannot do it on your own. Um, so God will always bring people into your life that can help you, that can push doors for you, that can, mm-hmm. that can inspire you or can tell you a word that will set you free, whatever the case is. Um, so I really believe that mentors are very helpful because they, you know, it's like sitting on somebody's shoulder and having the person tell you go left instead of right. Coaches are very essential because we find it very difficult to be self-reflective. So that mm-hmm. coaching period where you are just still and you, you, have a, you have time for somebody to ask you the right questions and for you to articulate clearly the things that you, your mind or your spirit has been saying to you, but you've been afraid to voice out loud or you have not heard. And then sponsors, um, recently I, I was doing a webinar and Tara again shared this webinar on a platform for me and the way it has taken my, the visibility of my business. So this is the thing about sponsorship, advocating for you in, for rooms. I don't have access to those groups on a yeah. normal day. But all she did was, she, because she used, I, I tell people, a mentor, people in your network, a real network, they know, they are aware of you they are aware of the opportunities you need. And most importantly, they are willing to use their social capital to see you succeed because glory. they know, like, and trust you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> no, I'm saying glory, it's your name, but I'm saying hallelujah. <laughs> well, we're, go- we're, we're going to talk till, you know, forever if we don't yeah. stop. Glory, I need to stop. ask you the final question I ask all sure. of my guests. Something I ask all of my guests is the place of faith. What is the place mm. of faith for you in your journey? And in moving forward, what, what, what does faith mean to you? So faith to me is faith in God, right? So mm-hmm. right off the bat, it is everything. It is everything and anything. Um, there is, there is, oh God, where do I, I don't even know. I don't know the words to use to describe what I want to say. 
But, you know, I really believe that God has created us and he has put mm-hmm. his spirit in us. And he has, I said, I don't want to sound Christianese, you know. No, I no, feel free. I want to be, I want to <laughs> be authentic, you know. Yeah. I really mm-hmm. believe that God has called each of us to. So, you know, if you read the Bible, when God was telling, um, telling, um, I think it's Solomon or David, I can't remember. I think it was Solomon about building the temple. And he said, or was it Moses? I can't remember who. Anyway, and he said he had given, he mentioned the names of two, some people that were part of the Israelite community them the skill on how mm-hmm. to create the temple, how to carve the gold and everything. God has given all of us skill. Mm. Right? As we are coming, he has deposited it in us, deposited it, giving it to us, giving it to us. Now, it is our job to find it, to mine it. But then the problem is that the world just giving you ash, pouring ash on you so you can't see it. You can't see, you keep thinking you need to be like somebody else to succeed. Oh, if only I was like this. You know, there was a time in my life I used to think I, was, I didn't have talent. It's incredible that this is what I'm doing now because I never knew I could do it. Mm. So where, what is the place of faith? Believing that first of all, God loves you and his intention for you is good, not of evil, that he has mm-hmm. given you things that he personally wants you to do. Everything that you have gone through in your life, God has given it to you to birth something you know, a lot of times you say, God, why, why, why? I see very clearly the hand of God in all those times when I almost killed myself, when with psoriasis and things mm. like that. I see re- the hand of God. So faith is one, first of all, giving me that thing to know that there is a higher power, there's a higher purpose to everything. Secondly, when things don't go the way I want it to go, when I feel down, when I feel afraid, when I feel scared, faith is letting me know that God still has my back, that there is this method to this madness that, you know, God is, he's really my everything. Mm. And I don't mean that I'm not perfect in any stretch of the imagination, but I am assured yeah. that I will finish well. We yeah. love it. Yeah. Assured that we'll finish well. Mm. Yeah. Assured yeah. that when we go, we will say that we left it all here, right? Like we yes. gave it our Yes. All. Yes, yes, yes. Love yes, it. Yes, yes, well, yes, thank yes. you so, so, so much. It's been delightful speaking with you, Gloria. And Same here. I, <laughs> I love that we are a part of your journey because I know you're going places. Like, if we're just talking about two years, I don't know what's going to happen with 5, 10. It's like we'll be. We'll be waiting with our microphones outside the UN building. <laughs> Amen to that. And I'll be like, well, I'm going to walk out. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you guys for listening today. And I hope you take some tips up. You can connect with Glory on Glory. Yeah. So um, on Instagram, Inspired by Glory, via email, Glory at Inspired by Glory, on LinkedIn, Glory Edosian awesome and i'm going to have all those details in the show notes as well so definitely read them and this will be a stellar transcript that you can refer to at any time people pay glory for this stuff just so you know and yes (laughs) you're getting it for free (laughs) so thank you so much glory awesome thank you for inviting me it was such a pleasure i enjoyed conversing with you thank you so much i trust you have been elevated and empowered with insights from today's episode Thank you for subscribing and reviewing the Stellify podcast. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram and Facebook at Stellify with Bralade, or you could check me out at my website, www.bralade.com. Have a great week. The Stellification continues. <laughs>